Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Ghirelli, Italy's premier rosary designer, creates beautiful heirloom quality rosaries for every season and celebration. Hundreds of unique rosaries honoring Jesus, Mary, and the saints await you at Ghirelli.com. With CMF Curo, you don't have to compromise your faith to get great health care. Finally, there is a pro-life option that respects and engages your Catholic faith with a community that supports you in living health care fully alive. Learn more at mycatholichealthcare.com slash podcast. Introducing the redesigned catholicsingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used catholicsingles.com and the reimagined catholicsingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, catholicsingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. The struggle is real. Here I am talking about these things on a podcast, and then yet I don't even have a handle on it in my own family life. And so I'm a hypocrite for trying to like talk about this is how you do it whenever in my own home I'm struggling with these things and my family struggles with these things. We all struggle. Just keep the faith. Don't give up on it. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Chad. Welcome oh. welcome back to the uh, Catholic Dads podcast. It's been a bit of a hiatus, so we welcome everybody that's listening today. Yes, welcome. And this morning, we're going to have a different little structure. We're going to have a topic for the banter. Like oh, that, that's unique. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. So what's your topic for the banter? Topic for banter is junk drawers. Oh, junk drawers. That's an interesting topic yeah. for bantering because it's unique to everyone. I mean, it's not, it's not unique to everyone. Everybody has that drawer. Yeah. At least I think everybody has that drawer. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's what I'll do. Where's your drawer? In the kitchen, of course. Yes. And where else would a junk drawer be? Do you have a junk drawer? I like it. We've got uh, a junk drawer. It's it's not as uh, full as it used to be. I think we try to, to manage it, at least inside. Um, but I certainly have junk drawers all through my garage and my workbench and the uh, the toolbox that I've got was actually a dresser um, that a buddy of mine was getting rid of, and I was like, ah, you know, I need storage for the garage, and oh, nice. so I just I threw it in the garage, and I had you know illusions of painting it up and making it not look like a dresser, and I put uh, some knobs on it and stuff, but ultimately it's you know the top drawer where all the tools are supposed to be is empty because um, all the tools are in a like a plastic tub, so I can just carry it around wherever I go. Yeah, and then every every other drawer is just stuffed full of stuff, so. That's where my junk drawer is. Yeah. So what 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 is the junk drawer? I mean, so it's like you, you described it earlier, but describe it again for me. Of of the, what's the definition of it? So my definition is the the drawer where stuff goes that doesn't have a home, right? So it doesn't have a clear like you know the little flashlight thing that's like oh you know it's really good to have a flashlight around the house, but I don't. I'll just put it in here. Yeah. Um, you know, or like you know our junk drawer. I could go through it. It's got like uh, kebab skewers. It's where we keep the meat thermometer. Um, it's got like, you know, little napkin wrap ornamental things we use once a year for special <laughs> dinners. Um, there's got some small Ziploc bags, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's just a assemblage of stuff. 
Yeah. And can you can you find anything like readily handed? I know, know exactly. Is what's it readily in it. is it yeah, readily yeah. findable in your junk drawer? Yeah, because I know everything. So your junk drawer is, is somewhat organized. That's that's good. I think that says something. So my my thoughts because um, I cleaned my garage uh, semi this mm. past weekend, nice. and uh, my thoughts go back to like garages and attics in our homes are usually cluttered beyond belief with mm-hmm. things that you know, we, we hold on to, yep. we hold on to it. And the longer we hold on to something like that, the harder it becomes to let go. Right. And, um, maybe I overthink this, but I think that, you know, internally for, for me at least, um, it's the same way with, with, um, call it feelings, call it experiences or whatever. I, I think that I hold on to it in the quote unquote attic or garage of mm-hmm. my mind. And, um, and the longer you hang on to those things, the harder it is for you to let them go. So a lot of the things that we deal with, we we don't let them go, and they're they're doing us harm, and we need to let them go. Mm-hmm. And so, like whenever I was going through my garage, I was finding these buckets of, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them? Uh, like the totes, the, the plastic totes, totes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah the plastic totes. I had, I had two plastic totes in the garage that I had a rough idea what was in them, mm-hmm. but I hadn't looked in those. Probably three years. Right. So I didn't even look at it. I just threw everything in it away. Wow. And um, it was very difficult to do because I go through my process of what if there's pictures? Because pictures are yeah, my right. thing, Absolutely. as you know. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, pictures are my thing. I'm like, what if there's a picture in here? Mm-hmm. And um, and so like I just I had to just kind of take a deep breath. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't looked in this thing. And, and I just dumped it out. Wow. And it's just from from the spiritual side of that uh-huh. of the drunk drawer right. or whatever and i guess what i was trying to get to at the the banter topic was what are those things that we're holding on to that's in the junk drawer of our minds mm-hmm. the junk drawer of our hearts um, or the garage or the attic that that really aren't doing any good so i'll t- i'll take it and throw it away yeah, yeah yeah i'll take that another level right cuz the other definition of junk drawer is the stuff we just put stuff into that's you know and that's more what ours is you know it's it's not that um like it's not stuff that you want to use later you just don't have a home for it's stuff that you're just like you don't even think about to and you just dump it somewhere and there's um maybe this is related to or the thoughts trying to come together in my mind but it's um you know there's this idea too of of just you know why not that we're holding on to it but that we just throw stuff away without like it, it, we're not giving it a thought right so it's like i've got this thing and it has a purpose and it should go somewhere and i was thinking as you were talking about the you know when they go into these like hoarder houses on tv they always make three piles one is the keep pile the giveaway or sell pile and then the throwaway pile and in like you have something an item in your house and you don't put the effort into actually giving it any actual thought like do i really need this do i want to hold on to it does it have a use of for somebody else you know, it just, eh, I'll just put it in here, right? And and so that it's almost like a use, it's kind of a use argument there too, right? We're like, you know, I'm not going to consider it for its value. I'm just going to put it to the side. And we can do that with people. We can do that with our own experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't really care where we go. Let's just go out to eat tonight. Yeah. Well, let's make it, you know, how often do you get to go out to eat with your family? Let's, you know, make sure that we go somewhere that everybody's going to enjoy. Let's go somewhere. I don't know. I don't that know could if be that, a challenge. I don't, yeah, I know. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Or if yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm putting the thought together well, but it, it's like, you know, the junk drawer is where you take everything that's on the counter that you should really take the time to give some value to 
you're not giving any value to it, so you're just going to put it in the drawer. And we can yeah. do that with people. We can do that with things. Yeah. But, um, but and also, I mean, I just, because I was looking for these these little headphones here. Right. Because I, I needed some headphones to check the levels. Mm-hmm. And the only place where I know to find headphones are in the junk drawer. <laughs> right, exactly. So I open up the junk drawer, and it's just overflowing. Yep. And I find several pairs of headphones. They're all tangled together. Exactly. It's just like, yep. you know, if this had the value, like you're talking mm-hmm. about, why are we treating it like this? Why don't we find a proper home for it? Right. And in uh, anyway, so like in the greater analogy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe those things in our minds do have value, mm-hmm. but let's apply the appropriate value to them. And those things that are in our our heads that are causing us anxiety mm-hmm. or grief or whatever, we need to let them go. And the best way to let them go, in my opinion, is uh, you know, talk to a spiritual director, go to confession, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, have a good friend that maybe you can uh, have discussions with and let them go. So that was my uh, my thought for the banter topic. I like it. It's good. A little structure. <laughs> yeah. And get, getting the juices flowing again. Mm-hmm. So uh, on to the topic topic. Yeah. So I texted you, I want to say it was last Thursday mm-hmm. morning. And I said, hey, topic. Yep. The struggle is real. Yep. You know, it's about our struggles and day-to-day life and how we deal with them. And uh, that night was Theology of the Body for Teens, mm-hmm. which your son was uh, graciously a part of. And I was in an airplane coming yeah. home from yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was hilarious because one of the you know, video titles flashed up and it said, the struggle is real. <laughs> nice. So I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool, yeah. you know. But what was the, I know what the girls did last night. Was it the pornography topic that you did as well? I never, it, it was, I never actually asked Porter, so that's my failing. But. Yeah, no, um... It was about, um, it wasn't strictly about that. Yeah. You know, it was, it's about multiple dif- different, you know, not, not specific about porn, mm-hmm. but it did talk about like, how do you, um, how do you separate the, 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 the want and desire for these feelings of pleasure mm-hmm. in certain things? And, and the, I think it was actually the one that flashed it, that, that the struggle is real. It was a priest that was giving the, uh you know, the, the video talk. Yeah. And, uh, he had said that he, to deny himself something good trains himself to deny himself of something bad. Yeah. Both of them are quote unquote pleasurable. Right. So like, for example, food, you know, like he would, he would go without a meal or whatever. Yeah. 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 So it was like, and then he went into the whole like virtue and vices, you Mm -hmm. know, so what is the vice and then find that opposing virtue. And so like, that was, Kind of the, okay. the time. It was not really to, not to derail the yeah the podcast, but, but um out of curiosity, right? Yeah. So it was um, but it was neat, you know, because I was like the struggle is real, and mm-hmm. and you know just to bring it back to the the whole topic of the podcast and the purpose of this podcast in particular is, you know, for me is that we try to be real about what's going on in our lives, and um, you know how to how to you know as a dad as a maybe a got a, a new a new dad who's got new kids that's like looking forward to you know life with children and the family dynamic or maybe it's a newly catholic dad mm-hmm. come to the faith and now he's you know, just how do we relate to those people and how do we like and I'm not going to say share wisdom I think mm-hmm. I've said that before it's like cuz I'm still learning but like how do we deal with things and maybe we could help them deal with things absolutely and at least for me um, these last hiatus months were basically due to a lot of curveballs being thrown our way by way of, you know, family life mm-hmm. and, you know, just some really deep 
things happening, you know, with the kids. And um, I started just, you know, my first, my first thing is to retreat. Yep. You know, it's like uh, my first thing is here I am talking about these things on a podcast and then yet I don't even have a handle on it in my own family life. Mm-hmm. So I'm a hypocrite for trying to like talk about this is how you do it whenever in my own home I'm struggling with these things and my family struggles with these things. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, part of the, you know, stepping back from my part was that. Yep. And I was definitely convicted by just some thoughts, you know, I don't even know when it, when it occurred, but it was like, you know, we are, we are attacked by the devil whenever we're close to doing something good. Mm-hmm. If we're far away from God, the devil doesn't really care about us. Mm-hmm. But the closer we get to God and the closer we, I, I think that when we get to expanding or, you know, forwarding his, his kingdom, that's when the devil's like, wait a minute, we got to do something about this. Right. So, you know, I was convicted by that thought. And then I was also convicted of, you know, this is an opportunity to be true to your quote unquote mission statement of what this podcast is all right. about. And, um, you know, just like talk about the struggle is real. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you, you won't ever have all the answers. And just because you know the right thing to do, just like in life, and we know that we're not supposed to speed. We know we're not supposed to, you know, eat, you know, a bag, a whole bag of Julio's mm-hmm. you know, corn, you know, tortilla chips and, and a big thing of guacamole if we want to stay healthy. I mean, we know these things, yet we still, you know, kind of rail against I, them. So I challenge that because guacamole is healthy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's a that's a good mm-hmm. point, though. I think we try to make excuses for the reasons why we do the things that we do. We like we know what we like and we know what we want to do. So um, I think sometimes we make excuses. So I I um, I challenge your challenge. <laughs> but anyway, I thought I would um, like set the tone for that and and get your thoughts on on the topic and at least what what I've shared so far. Yeah. No. I'll and I'll <clears throat> sorry. Um, I'll follow your lead as far as, is what we want to talk about in terms of the struggle and, you know, the hiatus and I think, you know, looking at where we go with the podcast, um, you know, I, I felt honestly, I felt the same, you know, the, there's a fine line we need to walk because we are putting ourselves out there publicly about, you know, what are we struggling with and how we can share that in a way that'll help other dads and other Catholic dads, um, but also preserve the sanctity of our family and our privacy mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so that, I think that's kind of where I was at over the last few months of, of trying to understand where that is. And, and I mean, yeah, to be honest, I think, you know, as soon as we've gone through some of the podcast topics that we have, um, I felt an immediate, I wouldn't call it an attack. It was just, you know, I fell away from a lot of the things that I should have been doing as well. And it was, you know, it kind of all coincided with the same time period and was building up. And then once the hiatus that we took happened as well. So I think you're right about, you know. Um, the coming under attack when you do things. And, you know, I think that's very real. And so I've been experiencing that as well. Um, but, you know, and I think I've said this before, it's one of my favorite lines from, you know, Dennis Prager, which is where I get, you know, half of my wisdom from. The rest of it comes from the church. Um, you know, if he's got a phrase that says, if you, think you, if you think someone in your life has everything together, then you don't know them very well. And to the level that you know what's going on in a real way with the people around you, is a good measure of how much you really know them. Um, and so the things that we've shared and, um, you know, over the last couple months, I mean, that 
that's because of a private relationship and none of you know those things don't need to be shared across the podcast but that as far as sharing that with the greater public you know don't ever think that because we're doing a podcast we have it all together right and in the flip side of course is you know in your marriages if you're listening you know you're married if if you're not married if you've got kids you know, the struggle is real means that we're all struggling and every house has four walls and behind those four walls, you can never really know what's going on. And I think, you know, we've talked about that in the podcast before. Um, and, and so the, I think the topic is more about maybe what, how do you handle that and where do we go from there and, and some of those solutions, but, you know, just to be clear, you know, you know, I don't have a theology degree. I don't, you know, I'm just a Catholic convert and a dad that, you know, screws up way more than, you know, I would like to admit, and you know, at least I have um, some some visibility to that. But really, the you know, is is your your kids grow, as they enter those teenage years, as your relationship with them becomes much more type of a mentor rather than a disciplinarian. You look back at all the ways that you disciplined, and for me, you know, I know I wasn't effective. I know that the relationships I have now um, probably would be better if I had done things differently. If I hadn't, you know, always gone to, you know, they always, you know, internally the family's always like your zero to 60, right? I mean, you know, if I would had been more of a, a zero to 25 to 40 to, you know, <laughs> kind of dad, maybe some things would be different now. Um, you know, so yeah. So that I think putting that out there and, and letting people know that, you know, part of the hiatus was because of that. And, you know, we're back and we'd like to get back in regular, regular mode, but you know, these are concerns because we are real people yeah. and we have real lives. Um, and that's what's been going on in the background, I think is good. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think whenever, and especially whenever going to that, um, to that topic from, uh, from the theology of the body, uh, group, you know, looking at it, you know, pride is the root of, of everything that we've, you mm-hmm. know, from the fall, right. right? It was all yep. pride. And I think that, especially as men, you know, as Catholic dads, you know, just as as men in general, I think this pride comes up in us that whenever something doesn't go our way, or whenever you know, uh, you know, it's just a good way to put it. When yeah, things no, aren't good. going our way, yep, um, there's a pride thing that kicks in that says, um, you know, I can't, I can't let people know about this. Um, I, I'm, I gotta, I gotta appear, you know, so it's maybe it's more for, um, self-preservation we feel right. that it's like, this is what we have to do yep. because you know, if you, if your house is on fire, you're not going to, you're not going to sit in the room and, and just say, well, you know, by golly, I'm going to, you know, I, I can't let anybody know that my house is on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Everything's okay. You know, you're going to get out of the house. Right. <laughs> so, yep. um, so there's there's a a part of it where it's like we need to overcome that pride, and um, and, and these experiences of the past you know couple of months have really humbled me, and that's that's the you know a good altering virtue for pride is right. humility, yep. you know, and and I think the the benefit of having the church as a backing is because we have the sacraments, you know, we can go to. You know, we go to mass and we go to confession and, you know, you can really express these things and it helps mm-hmm. like soften that, that brick wall that you might have building up. And that helps, you know, combat that pride. I, w- I would go say ahead. just to jump in there. Um, so the sacraments and not taking anything away from that, the community as well, um, 
is such a key part of, of at least in being a Catholic Kingwood uh, resident, right? Is yeah. we have these the Axe community and knights and and teams of Our Ladies and a lot of these organizations and, and groups in the church are there for also what you're talking about because you know going back to the idea is every house has four walls and everybody's struggling. You know, being in teams of Our Lady or, or being in an Axe community where you've got brothers, the difference between at least in my opinion, of being in a secular world where you're struggling, where some of the things are, are a struggle may not even be seen as a struggle in the secular world or would be very difficult to find um, a community that would support you. Oh, right? yeah. Versus already being in the church where, honestly, we're all struggling with the same stuff. <laughs> you know, when it mm-hmm. comes down to the church has been around for 2,000 years to help us struggle with the stuff that we were struggling with 2,000 yeah. years ago. And, and yeah. I love reading scripture and you know, pointing out to the kids, you know, this seems like it could have happened yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. People are people and we've always been people. And, you know, whether you give us a cell form or a, a, a mule, it doesn't matter. You know, it works. People are still people. Pride is still pride. Greed is still greed. Lust is still lust. You know, we've been the same for a really long time. And to know that you're in a community of people that, you know, feel the same way are coming from the same frame of reference so that you can have those kind of talks and, and, you know, a one-on-one, this is what's going on with my family. This is what's going on with our marriage, you know, but you all share a frame of reference that allows you to then, I guess, you know, to use a kind of a cliche term, it's kind of a safe space to say, Hey, you know, this is what's going on in my family. And, and you immediately know the person on the other side of the table or the other side on the phone mm-hmm. will understand the context of why that's difficult, where, you know, in a secular world without that foundation, you may be talking to somebody at work that thinks whatever you're going through is no big deal, right? Or right. would be so uncomfortable because, you know, well, I didn't know people struggle with that, you know, yeah. or whatever, right? It, it, you know, so the, the being in the, the community allows you to have that, those kind of conversations. And, and, you know, I've got deeper relationships with folks in the church through, you know, our relationships and that sort of thing that I don't think would have been possible had we not had that frame of reference, right? Yeah. That commonality yeah. of purpose. yeah. yeah. So I'm going to flip this argument on its head now. So I'm glad it went this way uh-huh. because I, I was really hoping <laughs> a, a good segue. So um, there are times where, where I know I've struggled with this mm-hmm. and I know other people struggle with it as well, that they don't feel God's presence at all. Mm-hmm. And so for somebody to say, go to the community, you know, go to the sacraments, which I just said and we yep. just said, if they're not feeling that, it could be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's a concern there because these are people that are honestly and earnestly seeking, reaching, mm-hmm. hoping. They hear people talk like we're talking right now. Right. They hear people talk like, be it on KSBJ, be it friends that yep. are you know in the, the parish or other friends that they just know in the activities that they know, talking about how much they feel God's presence and how much they just love God mm-hmm. and how much they feel God's love back and, and they don't. Right. Absolutely. And they think something's wrong. Yep. They think, are you crazy? And right. I'm, you know, am I crazy? Yeah. And that is, that creates this, uh, this conflict mm-hmm. and the struggle in that point is a, that's a totally different struggle. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about, I fully want and, you know, in hope and expect and, you know, to have this relationship with Christ and, and 
to feel the Holy Spirit move in my life, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And um, what would your advice be to somebody that so, comes to you? With so that? two things. Um, first, I would say still no better place than in the church to have these conversations um, because the the church has experience with this. And in, in, you know, personally, I've never been that guy. So to, I'll answer your questions. But you know, one of my biggest struggles in all of my Christian life has been trying to figure out what it means to be Christian um, because I grew up in this evangelical Colorado Springs area with all of the high school kids that were crazy for God, crazy for Christ, right? But then they'd run up behind each other and like goose each other, right? Um, so not, you know, just very struggled with the hypocrisy when I was growing up. Um, to answer your two questions, you know, Mother Teresa, perfect example for that, St. Mother Teresa, um, you know, that was her story. She, she had this incredible... Um, experience of God early in her life, and then tried to find that experience again through her whole, the whole rest of her life, because she only had it the one time, and and she seeked it uh, for the rest of her life, and and look what she did even without that, right? So that doesn't make you a Christian. And then, um, you know, so that was the the first part, and the the second part is, um, shoot, I should have written it down while you were talking, Um, but St. Mother Teresa was the first one that came to mind. The other, um, the other part of that is, you know, I think, you know, back to my previous four walls conversation, you really don't know what's going on in, in you know, the, the, the folks, it's the same kind of thing, right? We're putting ourselves out there in a podcast, people that put themselves out there, you know, that, that Christ is moving in their life and the Holy Spirit is, is moving them. And, and even, you know, we know folks and have met folks that, you know, believe Christ talks to them in their prayer and, you know, and, and we've had those conversations internally in our family. It's like, I've never heard mm-hmm, Christ mm-hmm. in my prayer, right? Um, it's like everybody has a, a, you know, God is approaching each of us and working in each of us in a different way. And one person's experience because of their uh, temperaments, which we've talked about on previous podcasts, right, can be very, um, you know, touchy-feely and very emotional and, and very engaged. For me, my faith is very intellectual, Um it's, it's really more of a behavioral code that I'm trying to live up to that I see value in. Right. I mean, it, it, I'm just being honest, right. Yeah. It, it's not a, a, a hugely spiritual thing. I've had, you know, some very spiritual kind of experiences before, but, um, you know, in, that may be a topic for another podcast, but, um, you know, those experience I have almost recognized as being very rare, um, and scary at the same time that, you know, to the extent that, there's probably part of me that's not seeking that out to be <laughs> to happen too frequently, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but if if you've lost that experience of God in your life, um, you know, you're in good company because that's going to be the majority of people in the church. <laughs> so it's it's amazing that you're here saying those things because um, the Mother Teresa and the "you're in good company" those were words that came out of my mouth whenever <laughs> we were having these discussions. Uh-huh. Uh, what brought you know this up in the the situation that I'm I've got in my head? Yeah. So that was my point. Yeah. I said, first and foremost, you're in good company. Yeah. Because if Mother Teresa, Saint Mother yep. Teresa of Calcutta, didn't feel God's presence for you know all those years, mm-hmm. um, you know that just. It just goes to show. And then the second thing that I had uh, I had brought up, and this is what I've been looking up, is uh, is Mark chapter nine, uh, verse uh, twenty nine. I think it is. No, it was verse uh, verse twenty four. So um, 
it's talking about the there's a father that's that's coming to Jesus and there's a spirit that's tormented him and he's asking Jesus, you know, please help me cast out this this demon, you know, and uh, starting in 22, it has often thrown him into fire and into water to kill him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible to one who has faith. Then the boy's father cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I mean, as sure as I'm sitting in front of you right now, I have, I have said those words so many times in my life. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that, you know, I feel that some, whenever I do feel that, you know, you know, I don't want to be all over dramatic and call it abandonment or nothing, but it's like, you know, when you don't feel that presence of God in your life for whatever reason, I just have to utter those words, you mm-hmm. know, I believe, help my unbelief. And, um, and I think that that's, you know, that's what faith, you know, faith is, mm-hmm. you know, faith and, and, you know, faith is a gift and, and hope and, you know, so with with faith and hope and and love you know the the virtues um, i I can't say anything more than just to like look to the way the saints have been you know the the you know great examples of the saints like Mother Teresa look in the Bible we see these people it's like I believe but help my unbelief I think it's part of the human condition mm-hmm. the human condition is we all want to be in community with somebody. We all want somebody to love, you know, Mm -hmm. we want somebody to love us. And when we don't feel that the way that we expect it, it's, it's easy for us to say, I don't have it. So it's like, we got to look for those things that are in our life right now that are God given and recognize them as God given gifts and blessings. And, and if it makes, you know, if it maybe feels like you're stretching, you know, all I can say is that when you when you truly step back and you look at at the things that you have in your life, they are gifts by God. You know, you can say, "Well, my money that I have bought that thing. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a gift from God." But then you have to, you know, okay, let's go back. Let's go back and see like how how did this this work, right? right? You know, how how did this come about in your life? And if you if you look with eyes of of faith, you can see that, you know, Okay, so God gave me maybe the parents that I had, an upbringing that I had, an experience that I had that moved me a certain way that, you know, maybe I narrowly escaped doing something stupid whenever I was, you know, just fresh out of college and I would have been in jail. Right. (laughs) Speaking from experience, your life would have turned out a whole lot different. Yep. Maybe I would have, you know go on a totally different path and wouldn't be here. So look at those things mm-hmm. and recognize them for what they are and, um, and just have faith that you are in good company. So I would go um, two more thoughts on that. One is kind of this modern discussion, which I seem to fall back in because it fascinates me. And the other is, is action versus, versus feeling. So the first thing is, is this experiential um, drive for God and for the Holy Spirit. And I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder how much of that is, is a modern, in two different ways, a modern approach. One would be, we're all about experiences. We're all about like the feel good, the big movie event, the, you know, the vacation, the amusement park, the thrill. That's our modern life, right? I want the next you know, iPhone, right? It's That's not modern though. I mean, I, well, I, I've that, felt this my whole life. So that, um, so we'll, 
but that's one thing in terms of that seeking the experience, making it experiment experiential, right? Um, the flip side is we may have been able to have a lot more of those experiences with God when we didn't have all the clutter in our life. So I can see that going both ways, right? The you know the the modern um, person having much more difficulty experiencing God in their life because we have so many distractions, and then the other side of it would be the you know the modern person seeking that because we're really putting you know, God in the same place that we're putting like the, the movie premiere, we're putting that experience in the same place that we put other experiences. Then I don't know which way to go. I'd have to think about that. So clear out the junk drawer. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Declutter, right. Um, and then the other thought is, is you were talking about, it, and I think you described it well, is, um, you know, love, love is, is both a feeling, but it's also a verb. And so, you know, if you're in a place where you don't feel love, for your spouse, or you don't feel love for your kids, or you don't feel love for your job, um, job being like the very minor of those, you know, those three, you know, the best advice is to just act the way that you do, you know, or if you do. So especially in, in terms of marriage, that becomes a, a really nasty spiral, right? Well, I'm, I don't really feel, you know, I'm not really in love anymore. We've been together for so long. The feeling's not really there. Okay, well, when was the last time you did anything for her birthday or anniversary? Well, we don't really do that anymore. When was the last thing, time you did something nice for her? Well, we don't really go out anymore. Okay, well, why don't you start going out and doing nice things? And <clears throat> by doing the things, yeah, the emotion comes. And I think faith is it tracks in the exact same route. So I think when we talk about faith, you know, there's <clears throat> sorry, there's the things that we do, um, in in the doing and by the doing helps with. The, the stuff and, I, and, you know, we've all experienced it when we start feeling the, the times that we start feeling the most <clears throat> away from the church is the time when we're actually the most the away, most from, the away church. from church. <laughs> so, um, you know, those kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, it, so I think if you combine those thoughts into, you know, the awareness, whether it's, it's accurate or not, but the awareness that we seek um, in this culture, you know, this immediate emotional connection with experiences. And if we make God just experiential, which is kind of not to, to ding on KSPJ, but kind of that, that's how the, the, that Protestant evangelical, there's a bit of that track, I think that you see there, right? It's like, Oh, you know, just an amazing event. Oh, this is such a, you know, Holy Spirit was working with all of us. You know, you hear those like taglines yeah. in the but commercials. I, mean, I right? do, I believe it happens. I've got a, I've oh, got, don't, a, I've got yeah. a friend and, um, well, I will, I have an interview with him on a, another podcast, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he's amazing. He's an amazing guy, and and he has those experiences. I mean, it's just like so. Don't, I don't doubt that it, that it's true. Right. It's me just either. that for me personally, I have never ever heard God speaking like you and I are talking. Right. And you that, know what I mean. And that, and, and felt God like that. Right. Mine is more like, uh, look at you know. I, I sit in this house that mm-hmm. our friends helped us rebuild because right. after we flooded you and uh, all of the neighbors and, you know, just everybody came out in droves to help us. Yep. And that's, that's not you doing it. That's God doing it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, those are the ways that I experience God. I don't hear God saying, Chad, mm-hmm. I want you to do this. You right. know what I mean? So it's, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's, and that's the deal. I mean, so, so when some people get it that way right, and other people get it the other way, yep. you know, it's like, if you're a person that is very literal and you need to to like understand like you know black and white mm-hmm. show me this and that and you hear that god is present in somebody's life in that way right that bold of a way where they hear god talking they feel god's presence like you know somebody's in the room mm-hmm. and they don't mm-hmm. 
you know, it's, it's hard to explain to those people that it's, it's okay because everybody experiences God different. Right. And it's not to say that your relationship with Christ and with, you know, the Trinity is any different than theirs mm-hmm. or any better is what I meant to say. I mean, it's just different. Right. And it's okay. You know I mean? And even like, again, even in the, in the Bible, you know, you've got this, this man who's just for, you know, begging for Christ to help. Yeah. And he's like, I do have faith. You know, I do believe help my unbelief, you know? Yep. So he's talking to Christ right there. <laughs> Christ is right in front of him. Yep. And he's saying, help my unbelief. Yep. Right. And you have the disciples who, you know, they're walking with Christ and, and he says, this is my body. You know, if you mm-hmm. eat my flesh and drink my blood and then, and then a lot of people left away, him right? right there. I mean, yep. and how they many, walked with Christ. How many apostles were at earth. the cross? You know, how many, yeah, how many walked so, with them to the cross? Exactly. So right. it's like, you're in good company, folks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, keep the faith. We, we kind of up against the time crunch here. So we do have to wrap it up, but you know, keep the faith mm-hmm. and, and keep praying. And I, and I say that that is the thing when you don't know what to do, pray. Yep. yep. You know, if there's one of the humility lessons that I've learned in this last, you know, couple months is that you're going to be at a spot where you have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And as a man, that's troubling to me. We're men. We should know what to do mm-hmm. always. But you know what? Admit that you don't know what you, what to do. And when you admit you don't know what to do, pray. Yep. And if you're fortunate enough to have a, a spouse, you know, uh, pray with your wife. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to me, that's the most powerful "Quote unquote advice right. <laughs> that that I've learned in this uh, in this experience. I think it's good. I think it, this is fruit for many more conversations to yeah. be sure. Because I, I do. I, I think you know one of the hardest things in all of life is to compare yourself to someone else. And if you're yeah. comparison if, is the thief of joy. And it, absolutely. And if you're doing it in your faith life that is even more dangerous for your soul and for your family. And, and it can be such a struggle. I think that's a, a huge message today is just don't just, you know, God is, is going to give you what you need in the way that he thinks you need it. Um, and, and he's given you the awareness of the joy of your family and your house. It, you know, that's how you're being fed. That's how you're being fed. If he's, you know, ringing bells in your house, you know, in the middle of the night to wake you up, that's how he's feeding you. And, and that's, you know, it is, you know, he, it's, it, it's his plan. It's your life. It's another family. It's your family. Don't make those comparisons because it's so dangerous. And the devil loves, loves, loves that, right? Just loves it. So yeah, I think that's great advice is, you know, we all struggle. Just keep the faith. Don't give up on it. Yeah. Amen. I like it. I like it. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. And we look forward to many more podcasts in the future. And as always, St. Joseph, pray for us.
topic, structuring the banter, because that would be structure for the banter if we were talking about structuring the banter. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for that. <laughs> Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic healthcare ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at MyCatholicHealthcare.com slash podcast. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com slash podcast.